I'm Phil DeLuca. I'm Shivan Butt. And we are Commanderin. Thanks for listening, everybody. We put a spotlight on community issues, but never, ever talk about three banned topics. Religion, politics, and Hearthstone. <laughs> Shivam, a lot of people ask how they can help the show. <laughs> do they, Bill? <laughs> they do. We frequently hear people come up to us at conventions and GPs, and they're like, how can we help the show? And I say, well, of course, you should just tell your friends. Tell your friends all about us. Tell every one of your friends, and uh, that's great. It's really simple, and it comes up naturally in conversation. Hey, Jim, what did you get from the taco truck? Oh, you know, the Commander and Podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what I got because I was listening to that Commander and Podcast. Hey, what you're looking at in your phone there? Is it the uh, subscription feed for the Commander and Podcast? <laughs> Why, yes, it is. Hey, look at the share button. <laughs> I can just share it with you right now. <laughs> Support us now. Don't wait. Uh, you can also give us positive reviews. That lets us get in front of more people. So go to iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcast from and just uh, smash that like button. As, oh, wait, wait. Ring that bell. Ring that bell. We're less than five minutes in. Go review the podcast right this yes. moment. Give it five stars. We'll wait. Okay. Now that you're back, <laughs> don't forget to visit us on YouTube. Comment, rate, and subscribe. You ring that bell there. You smash that like button. What is that? You've smashed the subscribe or whatever it is. Dog, we are way too old for this. <laughs> we really are. Play us to the very end. That's actually what matters because you can like us and that helps. But then playing us to the end, YouTube, uh, YouTube's algorithm goes like, well, they're playing them to the very end. They must be good. And so then they recommend them to other people sometimes without funny voices. Or you can join our wonderful patron community by visiting either patreon.com slash commanderandmtg or going to commanderandmtg.com slash donations or searching GoFundMe and looking for that C logo, which helps directly fund our video series, which uh, by the time this drops, we might even have the first episode up. That'll be awesome. God, I cannot wait. So speaking of we cannot wait, we have a wonderful show lined up for our listeners. This episode, we're talking about a very Vorthosi topic. We are talking about creating dramatic story podcasts using the magic story as a basis for that. Really, that's just an excuse to have our guest on. Because this guy does this every week and produces amazing stories. We are talking to the world expert on this topic, Gen Dokeshi. Hi, Phil. Hi, Gen. <laughs> sure is great to be here. Oh, my God. I, I have to... Uh, listeners can't see the smile on my face right now, but hearing your voice on Commander is just... It's another world entirely. It's, it's incredible. And you're the... Voice of all? Yeah, you're the leader of the Voice of All podcast. Uh, listeners can go to voiceofallmtg.com. We'll include a link, of course, but just go over there. We'll wait. Okay, now that you're back, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk to Gen. One of the things to note is that uh, Gen not only plays EDH, but after he's torn down many, many decks 
He still has 30 complete EDH decks, and we're going to talk about the one that reflects his personality the most. Uh, 28 EDH decks. I counted before we started, <laughs> uh, just to be sure. You know, EDH players tend to be just like the worst kind of squirrel hoarders. <laughs> like you open up our door, you lift <clears throat> underneath the box, you look underneath the bed, they're just deck boxes everywhere. Because <laughs> nobody true. can just stop with their one pet deck. No, they have to have a menagerie of pet decks. See, the worst change that Wizards of the Coast has ever made is getting rid of those gift boxes that they did a couple years ago. Yeah. Because you can fit like 12 EDH decks in there, fully sleeved. Uh, you can probably still find them in a bunch of older stores that just keep a bunch of older stuff on hand. <laughs> They're really good because you can hold... Uh, I have like 12 sleeved decks in each. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> the way those things are set up. Um, you can even put, like if they're double sleeved, you can fit three of them per line. So like nine decks in there. You can fit nine decks in the holiday boxes? Double sleeved decks that way. 12 decks if it's single sleeve. I don't think I've ever tried to do that. That's amazing. That's amazing. It really is. I have a couple of those. Yeah, I use them to actually just hold cards. I have trouble picking what deck I want to play on, on any given day. Yeah. Um, so for the longest time, I would just bring one of those boxes um, with 12 decks, and I would roll a d12 <laughs> just to pick what <laughs> I wanted to play that day. <laughs> I approve of this. That's really cool, yeah. I really enjoy that because that means that it doesn't even matter if you know what other people are playing. You can kind of walk in mm -hmm. cold and play anything. You know, on that topic, I've never actually thought about what other people are playing when I pick my deck. I almost always just pick the one that I'm feeling like playing. I guess the only time I've ever stopped to think about which deck I'm pulling out is if somebody else has already pulled out that commander, then I mm. probably would pick a different deck. Or like if the power level of my deck is just significantly higher than whatever other decks are at the table. Otherwise, I'm just like, you know what, man? It's like my decks are all so low powered anyways that it's just you'll, you'll crush me one way or the other. It'll be fine. Nowadays, I try and uh, balance the table play style wise a bit more. So like if I see, oh, that's a control deck, that's a control deck, that's a group hug deck, okay, I'll play an aggro deck, try and not slow the game down too much over here, that kind of thing. Oh, that's very mm. considerate. So instead of rolling the die now, you'll you'll select something. Yeah. And now I'm only bringing six decks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so much easier to choose. So what deck do you, will we be talking about later on? Uh, today we will be talking about a Kaidil and Ludwig deck I like to call... The cake deck, and I think uh, as we get to it, we'll uh, explain the name. Right, yeah, this looks like a, an exciting teamer deck, so we'll talk about it. And of course, Kaideli was one of our preview cards mm. from last year. Is it Kaideli? It is. Oh. We realized we had the same problem. We were like, how do we pronounce this? Because it's just written, and it could be Kaidel, and that's sort of the way we were pronouncing it. But we asked Kimberly Krynas. And she uh, let us know. Mm -hmm. Good to know for when I get to that Chosen of Krufik story. <laughs> awesome. Of which there is one. There, <laughs> okay. Yep, we will be uh, saving that one for later now. That's a good tease. It's almost like you have an instinct for this. So before we get to our main topic, which is to talk about the amazing show Voice of All, you should be listening to the Voice of All, by the way. And again, I'm talking to you specifically right now. You should be listening to that show. I should. I listen to it very much over and over again. Over and over again. Yep. That's part of the main topic. We will talk about the process. Each week, we like to thank 
our sponsors. Who are our sponsors? A lot of people, Shivam, ask, who are our sponsors? <laughs> I ask that. <laughs> <laughs> Many Magic the Gathering players ask the question, what, po- what is this podcast sponsored by? Yes, indeed. <laughs> it's almost like you've been there. Hmm. We, are, <laughs> we are listener-supported only. So each week we like to thank uh, one or more. Usually it's three, but we want to get to our main topic. And so we want to thank our newest patron, Zach Taylor, who is the Zach Taylor or ZT from the Brothers War podcast. So thank you, Zach. It's wonderful to see that you're a patron of the show. And remember, new patrons and current ones alike can get in on this funny name game where they have 140 characters between both names to play with. So you can change it to anything you want. Like, what was that one with the 17 half-dead ferrets stapled together? Rats? Was it ferrets or rats? It was ferrets uh, stapled together under a raincoat or something like that. Yeah. We will read that, and as long as it's family-friendly, it won't be bleeped. Even whatever you put in there, we're just going to read it, and we'll bleep out all of the stuff that isn't acceptable to families so please we'll do holiday readings the next time we'll call out our top contributors and we'll read your name exactly as it appears in patreon or paypal now again you want to talk about voice of all before you get into this like because we were going to ask like why do you do this it's it's amazing art and you deliver it all the time and it's wonderful sure so voice of all for those who have not yet listened uh is simply the magic story as found on the uh, wizards of the coast website uh brought into audio form uh with full voice acting and sound effects and some background music to uh, help the tone along I uh, I started this because I was bored. Um, you were bored? <laughs> I was bored. So I used to, uh, when I uh, first got out of college, I used to make League of Legends guides on YouTube. Did you? I started out just uh, doing random Let's Plays on YouTube because I got out of college. I wasn't anywhere near any of my friends um, or any of my hobbies, so I wanted to just practice speaking. Um, so I got a cheap microphone and Windows Movie Maker, and I did a thing, and it was fun. And then I was playing League of Legends, and they made a huge change. So just to help myself understand what was going on, I uh, made a PowerPoint and uh, talked it, talked through it, put it up on YouTube, and somehow that got like nine thousand views. Um, compared to the, I don't know, 20 from before. (laughs) So I was like, okay, well, I'll do this for a while. And that got pretty popular, got the channel up to like 50,000 subscribers. And then I got bored of League of Legends. Mm. And there's that little crisis there for a while as a content creator. You're just like, I should keep doing this because it makes me money, but I don't like doing this anymore. Fortunately, I'd finally gotten myself a, a full-time job elsewhere, so I didn't have to. So I didn't think about it for a while, and I eventually got kind of bored at home with not having any creative outlets. Meanwhile, I was starting to read the magic story since they were posting it online again, and I heard people saying, gee, I wish there was an audio version of this. And I was like, yeah, I wish there was an audio version of this. Huh. <laughs> I have a microphone in four hours. (laughs) So I sat down and read the first Shadows Over Innistrad story. Um, You can technically still go find that one because it's just me. It's terrible. 
I did that one. My voice really hurt the day after that. And uh, for the next one, it had Avacyn in it and a bunch of other things. And I was like, I don't have that many girl voices in me. (laughs) Fair. I'm going to see if I can get someone else to help me with this. And so I got a couple friends to do some voices. I went over surprisingly well. Uh, So (laughs) I just kept finding more people and kept adding more people to the cast and... Now there's 200 of them. What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> there's about 200 actors. You know, just to double check real quick. Like, no, really? 200 actors? He has them on call. I thought you were working with like 10. Well, not all at once. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. He thanks them every week. And of course, he lists, you know, you, you hear some of the same names again because they uh, managed to land the cherry rolls of, you know, the five Gatewatch planeswalkers. The Gideon voice is hysterical. It's awesome. Oh, Gideon's so good. Uh, 205. Holy crapples. And of course, you know, two of them are uh, some pretty good looking and uh, smooth people, if I do say so myself. They got Jimmy and Josh? <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish I could have gotten them for that episode. Yeah, that would have been awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, no, he had to settle for me and Sean last year. You know, I almost got Mark Rosewater for that. You did? To uh, to play the, the guy who likes scrolls at the yeah. end. Yeah. Uh, because, f- of course, that had to be Mark's role, if anything. Um, he was busy, naturally. Oh. I- I'm not honestly surprised, oh. um, given how much unstable was his baby. Uh, he's not that busy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was cool that he, like, answered and was interested. That was... That was yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. Well, maybe next sunset, right? Yeah, maybe next set. It's funny because right about that same time, we were already podcasting and I was I was considering reading the magic story and I actually wrote to Wizards and I was like, "Hey, would this be okay if we read the magic story?" And right after I wrote to them, I found Voice of All and I was like, "There is no need for this. Just none at all." <laughs> It was fantastic even then. And I remember you had you had very little in the way of sound effects at that time. You had very little in the way of music. And you had some people who were recording. And clearly some of the microphones were like headset mics and stuff. But mm-hmm. just the charm and the energy that you put into it, it was so wonderful, right? And it hooked me. Well, I've been you. listening since then. And that was actually only the September, right after Shadows of Innistrad came out. Yeah. That's cool, man. It's a, It's a really good show. I enjoy it. Well, thank you. I've even played it for my family. The evolution of it has been fun as well. Uh, just moving from me playing Kevin MacLeod tracks in the background because they're free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to having uh, some sound folks on on that can add all those for me, find appropriate tracks, and add sound effects uh, has been really rad. Um, I actually have um, someone who volunteered to try and remaster some of the older ones um, to try and make those a little bit more up to snuff for what we're going for nowadays without having to re-record everything, of course. Yeah, of course. That's amazing. It's clear, like, you know, your your thanks at the end have expanded, and it became clear, um, I think it was about six months ago is when I really noticed the sound effects kind of stepped up and the whole ambient loops playing in it. Thank you. I don't know which episode it was, but it felt like about six months ago. Um, is that mm. when you pulled people on or when you found other folks to volunteer to take this on? We actually started adding 
um, sound effects in Ether Revolt. For some reason, I couldn't remember the set after Kaladesh for some reason. <laughs> um, the, the first episode that has someone other than me doing the music is Burn. Oh. And boy, what an episode to start on. Yeah. That was when I decided to get an account with audio blocks so we could start adding sound effects and oh, what a, a moving episode to start with. Uh, it just grew from there. Like I, I just had like, hey, can you try doing this? Because uh, for the longest time, like I would try and keep a deadline and the only one keeping me beholden to deadlines is myself, of course. Yeah. It'd be like the night before and I'm just like, I don't know, just use... Just use the same track you use for freaking everything. It's a quiet scene. No one's going to notice. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> right? Also last year, I decided to try and start catching up on Battle for Zendikar. Yeah. Because um, we started after that. Yep. But all of Magic Origins and everything up to it is kind of important to what's going on. So actually, yeah, I did want to interrupt you and ask that question because I was I was uh, surfing through the uh, collection to s- figure out which story I should listen to so that Phil's not the only one uh, who mm-hmm. knows anything about this. And I was just curious because I saw that you had um, in your publishing schedule, it looked like stories from different arcs going kind of simultaneously. Yes, yes. Yeah, I was wondering if you could uh, touch on that a little bit. Is that a, do you have a an order in mind or how are you uh how are you scheduling these out right so so we, we started with shadows of renistron and since then we've just been doing uh every episode since uh as it comes out currently we are going at about two and a week two and a half weeks after the story comes out uh to release our version mm. these last couple ones are a bit slower because holidays and such but you know such is the end of the year oh we know yeah we know. <laughs> Boy, do we know. I can't believe it's only two and a half weeks because it actually feels like an eternity. <laughs> when the new story goes up, I'm just like, I immediately, I am I keep looking at the podcast app. I'm like, why isn't Aww. there anything here? It's, it's, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny because like, you know, me and Phil, we talk all the time. And periodically I'm like, dude, did you read the story? He's like, oh, I'm waiting for Voice of All to yeah. put it up. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> I genuinely do. It seriously sometimes feels like, you know, you're talking to your friend about the thing that showed up on Netflix yesterday, and he's like, yeah, I'm waiting for Blockbuster to put it out before I go to see it. <laughs> and I don't mean uh, that in a denigrating way. I just mean that in the, you're waiting two and a half weeks. Right, so right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't want to read it. It's so much better to listen to Ken's production. <laughs> it, and so I just have to sit and like bite my tongue for two weeks and, and wait for Phil to excitedly text me saying, oh my God, did you hear? I'm like, yes, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's waiting for me to catch up. <laughs> and I'm like, in the meantime, by the way, did mm-hmm. you know that like Dominaria just blew up? No, it's not there yet. Yeah, what? And, and, and for me, Shivam is like some visitor from the future. Right. (laughs) Did you hear who died? (laughs) Right. And I'm like, what? Don't tell me anything. I actually, we used to maintain a uh, a Vorthos channel on Facebook as part of the, think of it as the commander in suite of channels on Facebook. And now we have the the Uh Vorthos channel on our Discord. And um, I would avoid the Vorthos channel until after I had a chance to listen to it. And then I would critique the writing. And I'd be like, well, we would talk about the plot at that point, or at least I would join the conversation then. And they were like, dude, mm-hmm. that was two weeks ago. And I'm like, and shut up. Like, Wait, what happened? I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so Phil is uh, yeah. definitely obsessed with only doing this via audio now, which makes it a bit awkward sometimes. But that means that you guys are doing something right. Yeah, I guess so. You really are, man. Uh, I, I do get messages from folks who keep saying that's the only way they, they listen to it. A lot of folks say they just don't have time to like sit down and, and read it, uh, which I totally understand. Like, There's a lot of things I can just listen to while I'm driving to work, and, and it's done. Mm-hmm. But back to, back to Shivam's question. So we're keeping up with, with the current story, and there are like breaks in between where where nothing's happening, um, just because either they're taking the time to write the next story, or holidays are happening, all that sort of stuff. We usually try and fill that in with either somewhat relevant stories, or trying to backfill stuff like uh, the Magic Origin story for a while. We did that uh, for those five, um, or like right before Ixalan. Uh, we knew that Vraska was going to be a big part of that because she was all over the art. And we had just gotten her from doing the, I can't remember the name of the episode, uh, but it's the one where they introduced Mazarek um, during oh, yeah. the Commander Anthology release. And so we, we had her and we're like, well, there is uh, the Gorgon and the Guild Pact and this other story, which title eludes me at the moment uh let's do those right before ixalan comes out so uh everyone will know what she sounds like and they'll know her history with jace done easy yeah um or after dominaria uh we did an old story from 2013 called preparation uh which just happened to feature joyra yeah and i was like well i really liked our joyra let's hear more from her Now, did you select preparation because you knew Joy was all over Dominaria, or was it coincidental? I I did select it because she was in Dominaria. And as for Battle for Zendikar, I decided last year, January 1st, um, that I was going to catch up this year. I was going to finish all of Magic Origins and Battle for Zendikar block. It's just 30-something stories. It's fine. <laughs> a year and a half later, I'm finally done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, if you do want to listen from Magic Origins onward, uh, we do have the full suite of stories set up for you there. Um, I do want to do like a small podcast just explaining what happened between magic origins and bfz so we we can't do the novels at the moment i'd I'd absolutely love to they're very long and ashlyn's reading them on uh twitch 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 channel if you want to go listen to them that way but uh wizards wouldn't be too happy with us distributing an audiobook for something they're selling (laughs) right yeah that, that one like it's one thing for the short stories it's another thing for like something that you know you'll be able to go to Amazon and get the audiobook for. Right. And they don't have an audiobook version version for it is the thing. Um, when when I have to pay to see the material, they might complain or the publisher might complain at the very least. Suffice to say, it's not going to be as easy as what you're currently doing. Yeah. I've been talking with them about it. Uh, fingers crossed something happens eventually, but Well, it would be really neat if they picked you to do the official audiobook version. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, I really want to do that next one. Yeah. I mean, that would be awesome. So, uh, Wizards, uh, we we actually know there are several Wizards uh, from uh, Wizards of the Coast, obviously, who listen. So, let's hope that mm-hmm. some of them are influential and can, uh, you know, put in a good word or two. So, you don't get any lead time then, right? You wait for the no. story to be published like everybody else. And you turn this around in two and a half weeks? Yeah. So, uh, so what I do is I 
uh, secretly read it at work. <laughs> <laughs> Not too secretly, honestly. Um, usually I just read it during a break or over lunch. Um, and then I start highlighting lines. I can I can send you one if you want to look at it. But basically yeah. I, I, I copy it into a, a Google Doc, use the highlight tool to highlight whose line is what. And uh, and then in the evening, I will make a casting call if I if I need to cast in anyone new or I just pass it out to to who it needs to go to. Uh, if I do need to cast someone, um, I only have about five days to do it. Um, I cast them on the Sunday after, and uh, then they have about four or five days to get me their lines, and then I shove it all together and pass it off to the sound people who work on it for about a week to give us the lovely, lovely music and sound effects and all that jazz. Wow, that's amazing. So... Out of your stable of 200 voice actors or whatever, so you mm-hmm. just, like, when you're reading the story, do you have, like, the kind of voices in your head in terms of, this is what I think this person would sound like, this is the sort of kind of voice I'm going for, and then you just go through your mental catalog and give them a call? I, I do, actually. So so part of it depends. So is is it a, a major character in the story that I don't have a voice for yet? Mm. If so, and there's enough of them... I will create a casting call. I might have a voice in mind, and I might suggest to that person that they should audition for the role. Um, but because this is like a community podcast, I, I still want to give everyone a chance to audition for those big roles. Like, uh, I, I totally had a voice in mind for Nicol Bolas. I knew exactly who I wanted for that voice six months ahead of time. Um, he actually auditioned for Tezzeret, and I was like, not... Nah, not now. Come come back later. Wait, I know what I want. For real? <laughs> yes. Like, he thought he could be anything other than Nicol Bolas? <laughs> because that is, you've, that's perfect, man. Isn't he? Yeah. He's just so good. Even even when doing the young Bolas, right? You could still hear that deep resonant. I can't even do it. I won't do it because it's it's perfect the way it is. But He's got just that, that perfect like foppishness yeah. that I feel like that kind of villain really needs. Yeah. I, I actually have a, a recording of him uh, doing an M. Bison line um, that's... I'm sorry. I don't remember any of it. For you, the day Bolas graced your plane was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. You know that that one. Yeah. The best line in film history. Yes, I know that one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we just did that one as a joke. But yeah, I, I knew who I wanted for that far, far in advance. And I was like, all right, I'll I'll let everyone else audition. Sure enough, no one was nearly as good. No. Um lots and lots of Batman voices in that one. <laughs> like, I'm Nickel Bolas. I'm Nickel Bolas. <laughs> Where's Ugin? <laughs> Where's Ugin? Well, at least it wasn't like Bane voice or something. Honestly, I love Arbolas so much, I can't stand the one in Arena. Like, it's the only voice in Arena I don't at all like. I turned all the music of Arena off, like, immediately, so I have no idea. Uh-huh. <laughs> when I watch a stream and these things start talking, I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, I don't want my carts to talk to me. Sit, sit down. They went for the, I'm a big growly dragon. <laughs> uh, you, you doing okay there, Gen? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. Sorry. <laughs> Not anyone can do bolus. I wanted to ask you actually a question about the, um, the way you put the show together. So now, obviously, you don't have all these voice actors coming to your studio and recording. So do you have them like sit and do clips at home and then like you splice them together? Good question. How do you give them vocal direction to kind of keep them all tonally uh, the way the story should be? Honestly, I just trust them for the most part. <laughs> um, I, I I wish I had the time um, to to bring people in or to like sit them down for group sessions to record. But with this many people, it can be like herding cats, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> um, plus, like I've got folks who are in Great Britain, in on, on the West Coast, like y'all are. Yeah, like I heard on the um, on the Boros episode that there was like an Irish guy doing the voice acting. I'm like, I was just not expecting to hear uh, international voices on there, and I was uh, pleasantly surprised. It was really cool. I've got a a gent. Uh, in Australia right now, who's done quite a few voices for me, Liam. Uh, he was Baral, actually, as his major uh, voice. Wow, wait, he's an Australian? Yes. I'm, I'd am i have to go back and listen because it's been almost a year, actually a little over a year. When you talk to folks and you're like, oh, I want you to you know, do this, do you, do you give them that voice direction or do you just let them figure it out? When I'm casting the folks, my, my most important thing when I'm picking someone from a casting call is whether or not they can get the emotion of the character. Mm. Like, what, what they sound like um, is is less of an issue. Like, Ajani, for example, I have to pitch that guy down, like, 5% when, whenever we're doing anything. Just because, you know, giant cat man. I'm sorry, I'm not going to get a lot of folks that sound like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Meow. Oh. I have meow. meow. <laughs> Believe it or not, I have actually cast giant cat men before. <laughs> but he like perfectly captures the 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 sadness and the weight that Ajani was carrying with him at the time, or continues to carry with him. Um and so that was what I was going off of. Like and Gideon, for example, he's got this this richness uh to the way he talks. Uh, he sounds so genuine and warm yeah. and friendly, and that's exactly what I want out of the character at all times, uh, regardless of what we're going for. Yeah. Um, Larger than life. Chandra acts very much like Chandra in real life, let's put it that way. She's she's fantastic and energetic and fun. Um, like, once they... Once they've got the emotion that we're going for, it's it's really just a matter of me timing the lines properly yeah. um, so that it sounds like a proper conversation. Right. And those are always the, the hardest to edit are the conversations. They don't actually have to sound like they're they're talking with someone most of the time when when they're doing their individual recordings. And they, they try very well and, and it, it works out. Um, but if you like just give it a very slight overlap in a lot of cases. Um, that's, that's all you really need. And it sounds like people are talking yeah. and wanting to be heard and all that. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize this, but Shivam and I actually record the show at totally different times. Yeah. A lot of people don't recognize this, but Phil and I aren't actually in the same room talking at the same time. <laughs> we just synchronize it later in post. Yeah. 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 We're not even on the same call. Yeah. I'm actually just hearing, I'm just hearing what you two sent me together. <laughs> 
and and just reacting. Yes. Like that's that's all this is. There's a reason they call it Stitcher. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Our poor editor. Yeah. <laughs> Hearing this talk of all these these planeswalkers, it it really makes me regret that I I didn't know you before they were cast because I could be a really good larger than life Gideon or something like that. I can see that. I say this in part because you told me you have uh, something special planned for me and Shivam, right? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do a bit of a casting call. Oh boy, just for funsies. I am fully ready. We can. Shivam is too. I know that he wasn't necessarily expecting this until just before the show started, <laughs> but he's all warmed up and Ooh. he's ready to go. Lalilulelo. Let's see. Me 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 me. You 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 you. All right. Them 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 them. <laughs> <laughs> so, with uh, recent art that we've seen, uh, we know. Uh, who several of the planeswalkers are going to be in Ravnica Allegiance. And uh, we don't have a Domri raid yet. <laughs> well, you will need look no further, sir. Domri. I think y'all would make fantastic <laughs> teenagers oh, no. with that, that cool punk aesthetic. <laughs> Shivam's got a cool punk aesthetic. I'm trying to figure yeah. out what... Domri has has Domri ever had a spoken line in the history of magic? Uh, Domri has one story split into two parts called the burying, which we'll have to do, of course, before uh, uh, he shows up in the story, and uh, then uh, a couple flavor text bits, uh, which is what we're going to use today from Stomping Ground. Oh, all right, Stomping Ground, you say? Yeah, Stomping Ground. And so again, I see you've posted the flavor text you want us to uh, read in Domri Raid's voice. Yeah, from stomping around there. Yep. All right, we are ready. Do you have any direction for us? So, yeah, what's, what's, what's our motivation? What do you think Domri should sound like? So the, the, the scene I'm imagining here, because obviously this isn't in any story context that y'all could pull from, um, is just coming upon an area, just admiring what we're seeing. A bit cocky, of course, because... Mm-hmm. Hey, it's room to fight. It's a lot of fun. Hmm. And do you want us to do like three takes each or uh, go back and forth? Uh, just the one. Just one. Oh, when I'm when I'm doing a casting call, I have so many people to listen to. Mm, fair. I do not have time for three takes. So they got to do one take and it's got to be right or they're out. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Pressure's on, Shivam. All right. Shall <laughs> I go first? Sure. Okay. Let's see. What do we do with this? Can't help it. Hmm. Roots, ruins, and room to fight. All the comforts of home. Wow. Don't be ready. Man, you're so quiet there. Are you trying not to wake up people in the next room? Well, because when I look at Domri, he's like the crazy wild punk kid, but yeah, he feels to me like the sort of introverted crazy wild punk kid. The one who's there, yeah, gotcha. he's got the decks. He's got the look, but he's not going to be yelling. He doesn't need to. He's got all his beasties to do the fighting for him. Okay. My drummery is just hanging out, tagging on the walls and disappearing. Whoa. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> hold on. Hold on. Here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to do it now. Okay. All right. Um. Roots, ruins, and room to fight. <laughs> all the comforts of home. <laughs> Oh, man, not that, y'all. Oh. Oh. I'm sorry, I didn't realize we were auditioning for the Muppets. 
How old is he? He's like four. Roots. Roots. My name's Tommy Rain. <laughs> and I like ruins. Look, I know he's a teenager, but I, I don't think he's at, at that stage <laughs> of development. Roots. <laughs> All right. Right. Mom, I'm joining the gruel. <laughs> hey, Mom, I'm going to see the gruel now. Can you give me some applesauce? <laughs> they got some giants over there, and I want to go talk to them. <laughs> they got this really cool boar. <laughs> My name's Tommy Rice. I, I guess that means I don't get the part. Mm, I'll, I'll keep looking. Yeah, it turns out that actually... Uh, Phil was trying out for Karn. Uh, it all makes sense now. <laughs> we should talk about Commander. What? <laughs> and maybe at the end of the show, we will share with our listeners. Maybe we should just do it now before we even move on. So which of us gets the part? I'll have to think about it. I might have to put it up for uh, other people to uh, to maybe try out. Well, I mean, that's a nice way to say me, but I appreciate <laughs> it. I'm afraid I'm too busy to help you these days. But really, it's so kind that you would offer this to me. Understandable. Have a nice day. <laughs> well, you just let me know. Because, <laughs> you know, I can play Domri anytime I want. Now, now, Phil, if we need to do a much younger <laughs> yeah. Domri Rain, uh-huh. I'll, I'll hit you up. All right. All right. Well, so I guess we won't have anything to spoil <laughs> for our listener. No, not so much. <laughs> well, I guess we could just talk about your commander deck. Then. That'll be fine. <laughs> I guess. I guess. So the cake deck. Yeah, what is this? Uh, so this is uh, my favorite group hug deck. So one one thing I really like about this deck is uh, it makes sure that everyone plays because we're accelerating the game to absurd levels. We mostly let people draw more cards. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes drawing cards. You like drawing cards, right? I love it. Right. So you should draw more cards. Here, draw more cards. Oh, come on. Draw more cards. No, that's you know, enough. Have some cake. You love cake, right? <laughs> have more cake. Eat more cake. I don't understand what you mean by draw draw cards? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so the game starts out, I'm just feeding you little bits of cake. You like cake. It's wonderful. It's delicious. By the end of the game, I'm shoving the entire cake down your throat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let me just read out the commanders for our audience at home. Uh, this cake deck is run by uh, Kaideli, the Chosen of Crufix, which is uh, two green-blue for a 2-3 that says tap to add a colorless mana to your mana pool for each card you've drawn this turn. Hmm, that seems to go with your theme somehow. And then mm-hmm. uh, she's partnered with Ludovic Necro Alchemist, who is one uh, blue and a red. At the beginning of each player's end step, that player may draw a card if a player other than you lost her life this turn. Mm-hmm. So does that wow. mean you, the controller of Ludovic? Correct. So if somebody else loses damage, the player whose turn it is draws a card. Correct. Ooh. Ludovic encourages your opponents to to, to attack everyone but you. And of course, Kaideli mm-hmm. uh, encourages you to draw cards. <laughs> yes. And pays you back for them. Sometimes one mm-hmm. for one. It is very common that uh, I will need to keep get a, a, a die out to keep track of how many cards we're drawing <laughs> each turn. I would say on average, we're drawing about five cards a turn at least. Oh my God. Wait, how many? Five. And so everyone is just so busy drawing all these cards and 
ramping out their strategies that everyone except for me is the threat. Yeah. And so they should take care of all of these other threats. Eventually, once I'm done uh, letting them swing out at each other, um, or, you know, blocking them with, like, a disrupt decorum, go swing over there instead, or a fog bank, or any of those small little fun bits like that. Oh my god, forced fruition? Yeah, so that's where we're going. <laughs> so, forced fruition is how I prefer to win the game. Oh my god. Not with one forced fruition, but with um, anywhere from 5 to 18 forced fruitions. <laughs> what? Uh, it, it used to be like a max of six forced fruitions, but then Brutoclad came out. Oh no. And now oh. I can make token copies of forced fruition. What? With, say, Sahili and um, liquid metal coating, so I can make it an artifact and then a token <sighs> copy of that artifact. Uh, and then Brutoclad turns all these Avenger of Zendikar plant tokens into forced fruitions. Oh my god. Oh, you're going to uh, naturalize one of these. Draw 70 cards first. Oh, my God. <laughs> Draw seven or more. That's What's amazing. Four fruition <laughs> for people who are just like me discovering this card right now is a six mana cost enchantment that says whenever an opponent casts a spell, that player draws seven, <laughs> seven cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you write a replicate it, and then you go to town with Brutoclad, and then, mm-hmm. oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Like, I feel like if you had black in this deck and stuck in Underworld Dreams, that's just not nice at all. Oh my god. Oh man. So this used to be just a Crufix deck. Uh, just green, blue, group hug. He has four arms with which to hug, so it seemed to fit uh, very well there. Now his Chosen's doing the job. Uh, along with Ludwig, I suppose he's along for the ride. Um, just because I wanted to get some red in there, well, to help control the game, but also it allowed me to add in Sahili and Brutoclad, and uh, I, I honestly added a bunch of things from uh, this year's Commander product. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Brutoclad, wow. I never in a million years. Now wait, walk through how you turn Force Fruition into a creature. Um, so I don't need to turn Force Fruition into a creature. Although I, ha- I have done that. Um, this version, uh, if I recall... Oh, you turn it into an artifact and then create an artifact token with Sahili. Yes, with Sahili, uh, Sahili's artistry, anything like that uh, will let me t- make a, co- a token copy of that artifact. Right. And previous versions of this deck uh, also had Karn, the original Karn, in there. Yeah. Um, which would turn an artifact into a creature. Um, so I can then write oh, a replication it. Um, the problem with that combo <laughs> is it's 20 mana on that one turn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that hurts. It's a little excessive. So I, I'd, I'd much rather place the one Brutoclad, <laughs> and that's it. So it turns out Brutoclad says at the beginning of combat on your turn, create a 2-1 blue yeah. mirror artifact creature. Then you may choose a token you control. If you do, each other token you control becomes a copy of that. So it doesn't say token creature. It nope. just says token. Mm-hmm. So if you yeah. have already copied this Force Fruition, which you've turned into an artifact and then cloned, that's just a token now. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's not right. That is very, very <laughs> not right. There oh. is so much wrong with it. Oh, God. <laughs> this is... <laughs> you like cake, right? Have more cake. <laughs> I feel like 
I feel like you could get away with putting like a conflagrate in this deck. You know, the one that lets you flashback by discarding cards from your hand to do X damage or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. It would. Because if oh, you've drawn, so like, I don't know, 800 cards, <laughs> pitch them all and kill everybody. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> it's fine. That's amazing. Wow. I love decks that do absurd nonsense like this. You know what's neat, Shivam, and uh, listeners, when we were setting up for the show, he told me, again told me he had 28, well, he lied to me, he said 30 decks, and... And he was like, which one should we talk about? Because obviously it's crazy. And I said, try to imagine, <laughs> you know, you're sitting down with me, Shivam and Ryan Green, and mm-hmm. I bring out Rith and I describe that I have happy Rith and sad Rith and it reflects kind of, you know, my personality and, and goofiness. And you sit down, Shivam, and you bring out your Boros Soldier Tokens deck, which has custom soldier tokens from Wizards of the Coast mm-hmm. designers. And mm-hmm. and then Ryan brings out his uh, Jaya deck because he wants to set us on fire with uh, the Chandra Ultimate, right? And, and win that way. And I said, so what deck do you bring out that reflects your personality? <laughs> and it's the cake deck. I would love yeah. to play against his deck. This is a tremendously fun deck. Wow. I'm just like, I'm just reading these cards and this is so silly. This whole thing is so silly. (laughs) This is is usually the first deck I I play with um, if I have a a new group of folks to to work with. Um, Partly because one thing I like about it being group hug is I get to see more of what the other people are doing. If I was just playing some combo deck that wins immediately, oh no. Well, we're... We're, we're done now. <laughs> I have a Kinaeus and Tiro group hug deck that is mm. mostly the pre-con with a couple of uh, more enhancements. And it really is like, you know what? You're going to get to play your deck. I don't know if I have a chance to win. It doesn't matter. You're going to play your deck. Everybody gets a few extra cards. I don't force feed them cards like there's some sort of goose. <laughs> <laughs> and we're making foie gras from their life totals. Oh, God. Well, I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. That's what I think about. So, oh my God, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> One of my favorite group hug cards in this deck um, is uh, well, veteran explorer, just because everyone yeah. loves getting more lands. Uh, but the the much less played noble benefactor. Yes, this noble benefactor is a two two for two in a blue. Says when it dies, each player searches their deck for a card. What? Any card and puts it in their hand. That's a good addition. That's a a tutor? Mm-hmm. That's a really good addition. <laughs> of course, uh, that, that brings in a bunch of mind games, especially if you've got a, a, a large enough group of like four to five people playing, because um, some fe- people will go in and grab their win condition um, or something that will lead to their win condition. And uh, other people will go, okay, well, they're going to get a win condition. I need to go grab a counterspell. And I'll go grab, I don't know, Howling Mine, Chase Balerin. <laughs> maybe, I'll, may, maybe I'll go get Forced Fruition if I feel like it. But I just want to see what nonsense they're going with. Wow, that's awesome. That's great. That's that's a 28-cent card, too. We're going to put that into Kyneos and Tiro right away. That's a neat trick. <laughs> I mean, Veteran Explorer is great, but wow. How many times do people have to play this deck before they're like, okay, we're, it's kill on sight? Honestly, it, it doesn't actually ever get to kill on sight. I've never had that because people... So it, it only wins like a, a decent amount of time. It's not overpowered or 
or anything, and it takes a while to actually get anything done. Um, but what it does do is speed up the game and allows everyone to play all the time. So actually people love when I play this deck. I have had several people like see the commanders and be like, oh, we're doing this. Okay. And they get excited about it, which I, I really like because um, they get to do things. Yeah, I can see that. That happens uh, sometimes with Kinaeus and Tiro, and people never believed me at first, but I, I swear to them, and because really, this is what happens, and Shivam, I think you've seen this, it's like, no, 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 you are going to play your deck. <laughs> <laughs> and then if, if everybody uh, plays along and cooperates, we will jump from turn three to something like turn nine or ten, right? Oh, yeah. And And then it's like, oh, wait, I'm playing my deck <laughs> and it's great. everyone it's turn two i'd like you all to pay into this collective voyage yes. oh now we're on turn 10 great yes yes and and what i'll do is i'll <laughs> telegraph that and i'll say look we're going to go on a voyage together and if you have mana left over we're going to go on a really really good voyage together <laughs> but there's always sometimes i shouldn't say always someone's selfish and that does happen um i do find that more often than not, this actually benefits uh, aggro decks a lot more oh, yeah. and, and weaker decks as well um, than any of the finely tuned ones. Because a lot of the finely tuned ones are just full of their own card draw effects, which I've kind of negated here because they don't actually want to be drawing all these cards. They just want a specific number of cards. Um, now right. they're overdrawing. Meanwhile, the... Uh, the aggro decks never run out of gas. The big stompy decks have all the mana they could ever want. And uh, the control decks have to hope that they draw uh, into a counterspell or several. Enough counterspells. Right. <laughs> Even if they do draw those counterspells, it's basically draw a go and they'll have to discard something because they probably are over hand size. Because the mm -hmm. next turn with everybody at turn 10, it's going to be a big one. But you do have some punishment in here like Blasphemous Act and uh, Cyclonic Rift. I like for everyone to have fun. Sometimes, maybe maybe it's too much fun. Maybe we should dial it back just a little yep, bit. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Put the Eldrazi away. Let's let's do something else. I would love to sit down at a table with you and play this. <laughs> yeah, this is some some. This is a large pile of nonsense. Uh, that would probably be real fun. If y'all are ever in Austin, want to come by Dragon's Lair? Yeah. The Brothers War guys have uh, made uh, the same invitation. And Ryan told me that he sees you once in a while at the store. And I'm like, what? That's incredible. Yeah. Will you be able to make it to GP Las Vegas? Maybe. Um, that, that'll, that'll be in July, right? Yeah, I forget when it is. It's not GP anymore. It's now Magic Fest Las Vegas. Magic Fest. MFN Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd really like to, but I don't know yet. Okay. Too. Let's hope you do. That would be a, a lot of fun. Well, Shivam, you should play this deck because this looks like it's a terrible amount of fun. <laughs> yeah, it definitely looks... This looks like a blast, honest to yeah. God. <laughs> it is so dumb. I love it. <laughs> this is cool. And knowing you, you'll find some you know janky way to uh, enhance it with uh, something from Antiquities or Arabian Nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this deck is crying out for a black vice, not going to lie. <laughs> oh, but that's cruel. That's not Krupug. And that's only one person. That's why... Uh, that, well, I mean, then you just... Uh, oh, I don't know. Write a replication. It. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if we're doing that, we could do like Niv-Mizzet or... Yeah, but Niv-Mizzet's easy. <laughs> this is like... You have to work for it. I like this. This is cool. 
This is a good deck. Yeah, it, it looks is. fun. Right around the uh, winter holidays, perhaps between the solstice and the new year, I'm going to be spending time with our patrons and don't tell them. Maybe I'll download this and I'll, I'll play it with them. Again, I'll know about it too, actually. So maybe we'll set something Ooh. up. Ooh, how sweet would that be? You play your deck with us. That'd be exciting. We have something to look forward to now, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas before, it was just a bleak winter holiday season. Now? Visiting family. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Well, listeners, we're a little bit punchy. Not punchy like uh, the last time when Shivam and I could barely string words together into a sentence. But again, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And thank you for making time. Absolutely. This has been a blast. Yeah, this has been great. And with uh, 27 more decks, maybe we can find something else to talk about. Yeah, we can talk <laughs> about the, uh, the Tiana Mill deck. Yeah. Or... The Heartless Hidetsugu deck. Oh, and the Mishra deck. Those are fun. Oh, my. Okay, okay. Listeners, we were about to dive down that rabbit hole, and uh, <laughs> we're going to forcibly pull ourselves away so that Gen can get a good night's sleep and then function tomorrow because it's uh, even later for him than it is for me and Shivam. So, listeners, you Thank rock. You. Thank you for hanging out with us, everyone. This has been a blast to record, so we hope you enjoyed listening to it. And let us know as well. Again, thank you again. This was a real pleasure. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, and we really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, no, seriously, if you want if you want a voice, especially a Dahmer raid, I can find someone. It's really maybe someone who can do kind of a smooth voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, let, I'll keep you posted. So special thanks to our patrons, who, uh, and you thank your patrons as well every week and in fact i almost listening to your show like a year ago i was like we need to say it exactly like he does and uh, <laughs> but then a sense of morality uh overcame me and i was like no no don't don't just steal this amazing way that he thanks his patrons so just what like this this podcast is brought to your ears by all our fantastic supporters on patreon exactly yeah, we're gonna be using that <laughs> <laughs> And uh, without their continued support, we could not do this show. And we are very grateful for everyone who supports us, and uh, including the people who haven't yet made that decision to support us. Thank you. You can go to patreon.com slash commanderandmtg or commanderandmtg.com slash donations or GoFundMe and uh, search for Commander and MTG and use the result that has the C logo on it. Now, again, if people want to get a hold of you on the internet and say, ask you what the submission process is, uh, which is really harsh, and it's like one take and that's <laughs> it, how can the people reach you? Absolutely. So if they want to find me on the interwebs, um, Twitter is probably the easiest way right about now. Um, you can get the uh, whole podcast at Voice of All MTG on twitter uh or if you just want to poke me it's gin does games that's g-e-n for gin uh you'll be surprised how many people get that wrong <laughs> um you can also find the podcast at voice of all mtg.com soundcloud soundcloud.com slash voice of all mtg um or if you just listen to itunes or google Podcasts, stitcher anything that you listen to a podcast on just search for voice of all mtg or magic story yeah that's really cool and listeners you'll be able to go to our show notes and find all of those links 
And uh, that's, of course, going to be on our webpage and our Patreon as well, where we usually publish the episode first. So head on over there. And if you're not currently a listener, I am certain if you listen to Voice of All, you'll be hooked like I am. Shivam was dead on accurate again when he said before that I only listen to the stories now. I don't, I don't read them. <laughs> as for us, you can reach us by going to our website, commanderandmtg.com. Our email is cast at commanderandmtg.com. You can find us on all of the social medias by searching for Commander and MTG Podcast. This episode was edited by David Mitchell. Our theme song was created for the podcast by Nate Burgess. Our logo was created for the podcast by Mr. Picto with assistance from Kelly DeLuca. You can find more art from Mr. Picto by going to mrpicto.co.uk. Special thanks to tech whizzes Jesse Thompson and Graham Frank, and to Justin for the server space. Commander and MTG Podcast is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy. It has not been approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. And, of course, special thanks to Mike Condon, editor of the Brothers War podcast for the guitar version of our theme song. Now, again, we have a tradition here on Commander and where if we have a guest mm-hmm. on, our guest gets to say the last word and take us out. Commanderin, it's a podcast? <laughs> Alternatively, Commanderin, you did this. <laughs> or, last one, Commanderin, there's blood everywhere, and it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> 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 <laughs>